like I said, uh, you can't go through, um, if you put your hands up high, um, yeah, then Vern will come around, that'd be great. Nice, Vern. Good exercise all this morning, right now. Henry. Henry. Henry, when he hears his name, there's something going on. Henry. No, my. Hide him. Go and hold that, hold that side, Henry. Oh, Vernon, since you're up there, bro, can you come and hold this side? Okay, so this morning, there's, uh, you're probably wondering what these are. We're going to get to those, okay? So, like I said, a lot of the teaching, you have to take home and study for yourself. Who went home and studied, used this to study last week? Cool. Who found some more stuff that kind of overwhelmed them and kind of, wow, okay, I can see it from that side. Uh, this is good stuff because the thing is that we want to enable you and empower you to study God's Word. Okay, so we, last week we were talking about the Trinity or Triunity of the Godhead. Uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to talk about eternity and the ultimate plan of God. Are you ready? Here we go. So guys, pull that, pull that, like a tug of war. See, wins. Okay, so just imagine this, okay? Henry doesn't exist there. It's just a floating, massive rope. Cool. Vern doesn't exist there. It's just a massive rope that goes on forever and ever and ever, and ever, and ever, okay? So that's eternity. Eternity has no end, and pretty much has no beginning. Now, where do we fit in here? Where does earth fit in here? I want to show you where, where time is in this setting here. Um, there's a speck. There's a speck right in here somewhere. Right in there. Can you see that speck? That's time. Eternity, and then that's, that's time right there. Can you see it? Whoa, that's tiny. Eh? But yet we make everything about how we exist, and everything revolves around us. Cool. Thanks, guys. You can leave that there. Give them a round of applause. Okay, we're going to get into some very heavy stuff. But my prayer is that you go home and read this for yourself and do your own study, okay? Who knows that this world is formed around what we want? Even this culture, this generation, is all about me, myself, and I. That's the current generation's trinity. Me, myself, and I. That's just generation's... Gen um, everything's about self. Even this generation's way of taking photos is about self. They call them selfies. Now, how selfish is that? That we don't need anyone else to take photos, that we can actually do it ourselves. And then we can put filters on because those are highlights in our lives that we like to filter into the world to tell them that we're living an awesome life. But really, there's some stuff going on that we don't want people to know about. It's amazing how we do that. And that's this generation. That's what we have done. But the thing is that who knows that this morning, that even in yourself, even though you know God, that you were a very selfish person. I was. Everything was about me. 
And if you look at your life today, everything is still about you. How does that work? Why do you work? Because you want to make sure you live in a good house, live in a nice location for the benefit of yourself and your family. So everything revolves around you. We as human beings have made everything about us. It's crazy. And even if we like to be generous and like to be, no, no, it's for charity. No, it actually makes us feel better. This morning, when those who gave in tithes, you're going, well, I gave it for the glory of God, but actually goes, I feel better. Because automatically in the back of your mind, you're going, I did God's word. I did his work. I feel better this morning. When you walk out of the four walls of this building, because it's just a building, you're the church, okay? When you walk out of these four walls, you're going to feel better about yourself because in your mind, you've been to church. You've had your spiritual buzz. Hello? And then you start Monday tomorrow, and you start at your job, and it's amazing because this is what the enemy loves to sow into us, this whole thing of me, me, me. It becomes all about you. It becomes about who you are. Everything has to be about you, you, you. Me, me, me. It's amazing when you're having conversations with people, and the first thing they talk about is themselves. And the first thing you ask someone is, what do you do? What are, what's about you? What, what's, what's everything? And you're trying to explain yourself, oh, this is who I am. This is where I come from. And it becomes about us. Because the bottom line is this, we become selfish people and we miss the whole intention of how God created us. And this morning, through some of this teaching, and we're not going to get through all this, and some of you are going, oh, glary eyes, oh, where's this guy going? Okay, I'm gonna, this morning we're going to learn a bit of Chinese, okay? We're going to learn a bit of Chinese. Um, Chinese is one of the oldest recorded languages, written languages, Okay. And we're going to see how Chinese actually explains the Genesis story. Did you know that? Yeah, I know. I'm excited myself. Nan, I'm excited. So it's amazing because sometimes we think, oh, God, um, God was introduced to my life because I was forced to go to a traditional church. And I went to that and I felt holy and spiritual. I felt good about myself. But God's intention for us is to be in relationship with us. Because his ultimate intention was to be in relationship with us. For all eternity, not just for time. For all eternity. God's so awesome that he steps into time and allows to dwell amongst us. And even through his son Jesus, we read last week that in Christ, the fullness of the deity, the fullness of God was known through Jesus. So he steps into time. John, we spent um, some time in John 1 about, we talked about that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was in God. The Word was God. Oh, wow, my gosh. Verse 14, and then the Word was made flesh. His name was Jesus. He dwelt amongst us. So he, eternity passed. He comes into time. He dwells amongst us. Why? Because he's trying to restore something that was broken a very long time ago. Okay, so here we go. All the notes are free. Praise God. We don't charge here, man. It's all free, man. Okay, so what I want to do is actually, what's our starting point? If we're talking about eternity, if we're talking about time, if we're talking about God, what's our starting point? 
Oh, Joe, we should start at Revelation because that's when the king will return. Oh, and his power and the glory. That's actually the wrong starting point. The book of Revelation is a great starting point, but not for knowing who God is because it's part of the story to come. But guess what? If we live our lives and living in eschatology, which is the study of end times, what you end up doing is thinking about, oh, what's to come? What's to come? But if you look back and step back and look at what God is trying to restore, you understand that revelation is part of that plan. But the revelation, the book of Revelation is a revelation of Jesus. So the book of Revelation should actually highlight the fact that Jesus is awesome. How awesome is our God? I'm going to be waiting for you, God. Bring it on. Okay. But sometimes we get lost in this eschatology and study all that. It's like our heads down and Jesus is talking to us. I'm right here. I'm focusing. I'm focusing. I'm reading about when you come. I'm right here. This is what we do sometimes when we study God's word. It's about knowing him. And so let's get into it, okay? So what's the starting point? What is the starting point? God existed as he was. He was God. Before time was, before the angels were, before the planets were formed, before we were created, God was. We gave him a name, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Those were names we were given. Because remember, the Hebrew people couldn't even say the name of God because he's so awesome. They couldn't say. Because he was so magnificent. The word that they were supposed to say was Yahweh. This almighty, most high God. They couldn't even say it because he was so awesome and so magnificent. He wants to learn some Chinese. At the same year that the Hebrews were writing their Bible, in China, which is quite a fair distance away, God reveals himself, himself to a people, a Chinese people. And this is amazing. Okay, so if you study all the cultures and civilizations around the world, you actually see the imprint of God in trying to push through who he is into the current time frame. So back before there was even any written language, the Chinese were recording everything down on stones. Cool. Amazing. Okay. And one of the amazing things is that before they brought in the Buddha, um, Taoism, which is the, the yin, the yang, before all that stuff, because that, that only started about uh, BC. But before that, there was 2,500 2, years of nothing in terms of there was recorded history. But who were they worshipping? The Chinese were worshipping a god, one god. And they changed the name, they named him Sound D. What does it translate into? The Most High God. This is crazy, eh? Mind blowing. And what happens is this. This is crazy because I want to just talk a little bit about Chinese writing. Chinese writing is the oldest form of any writing around the world ever existed. So have you got friends that come to you and go, Oh, but the Chinese were around before your Western culture came and, and your, your Jesus. People say that to you, but the Chinese people were worshipping. They were worshipping a God that they knew as the most high God, the supreme God. Even in maori they were worshipping Eel, the supreme God. So God was trying to push through 
trying to reconnect back to his creation. And he's trying his best to. That's why he had to send Jesus. Because we weren't listening. Because some guy killed Confucian was uh, Confucius. He comes along and he goes, oh, I think it should be done like this. And so Confucius, oh, he was confused. And also Buddha and all those religions were actually formed. But they formed later on. And so what happens is that people catch on to those religions and they become the current state of our actual working of people's faith. But the thing was, God before that was trying to push through. The Father was trying to push through. This is crazy. I'm getting excited because I was reading this. Do you know the word blessed is the word fu in Chinese? Fu. I don't know. I think that's how you say it. I was listening to audio recordings during the week. But the word blessed, and they use it at Chinese New Year. You see the symbol of blessed. And the symbol is an amazing, amazing word. And some of you go, this guy's, this guy's being Chinese as well. Okay, we're going to get there. Sorry. Apologies, everyone. So the, the writing in itself, I'm going to make sure my Chinese is not the best, okay? Okay, my Chinese is not the best. This is the word blessed, okay? You see it everywhere. Uh, they use it for Chinese New Year, the Lantern Festival, they use it there, okay? This is crazy, okay? So the word in itself, um, sorry if you know how to write Chinese, I uh, don't. Apologies. Please forgive me. You're listening to this audio, not doing a good job. Okay, so that's the word for blessed. Everyone say, Phew. that's the word for blessed. This is crazy. The word for blessed, how can you be blessed? This was written before they knew about the Hebrew people. The word in itself is broken up like this. And you can do some study on this yourself because I don't want to throw it out without you doing your same study. The word in itself is broken like this. This symbol here, you lived a blessed life. This is before they heard about the Hebrews and the Jewish people, all that stuff. Before they heard about Genesis. How do you live a blessed life? This word here is the word Father. This one here is relationship. This one here is a garden. The father wants to restore a relationship as it was in the garden. Boom! Boop! Boop! Okay, ancient Chinese. Ancient Chinese. This is, this is around the year, or, um, the time of the Yellow Emperor. If you know a bit of Chinese history, this will blow your mind. So around that time, all this was coming out. Now here's some mind-dropping stuff. We're learning Chinese this morning and we'll get back into what we're doing. Because I just want to blow some minds this morning about the awesomeness of God. Because we think, God, uh, God, we, we created God. We, we honestly, we haven't even scratched the surface. This is crazy. So this word here, this word here, is the word for ship or vessel, a large boat. It's used in Chinese culture. 
This is what they use currently, but this was written back in ancient script. Check this out. When you break up the word, it means there was a ship that carried eight people. Oh, ship of eight people. That's the form they use to explain. What does it mean? Noah. Noah and his wife. Three sons. Five. And their wives. Eight people. They didn't read Genesis. They didn't have a clue on what it was all about. But they realized that something back there, they would have had to see this happen. So the ancient Chinese people would have seen eight people survive on a boat. And that's how they describe the word ship. That's crazy, eh? Because you could have just said, oh, a ship, one person. Because that's all you need. But it's amazing how God does this. Who's blowing this morning? Whose mind's blowing at the moment? This is, this is um, now this one here. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Uh, this week I've been going, ding, ding. Then I'm thinking, I'm going to go and read some old Indian text, man. <laughs> I'm going to go for it, man. Because some of the manuscripts and some of the texts in here go, wow, God, he's trying to reveal himself. Why? Because he wants to know us. And he wants to be known by us. So he's pushing through time. And he's going, can you just connect with me, please? And we're going, oh, we just don't do this and do that and do our own thing because we're all about ourselves, me, myself, and I. And God's connecting back with us. This word here is the word create. This was from the individual ancient text. And if you see some of the videos, ancient texts are obviously written on slabs of rock. Because obviously back then, no paper around. No station warehouse. That was all they had. This text here in itself, this is crazy text, and I was talking to Vern about this this morning. When you break up this text, this word here, sorry, I'm just getting excited. What? I'm getting excited. Why? Because God has always been trying to get attention from us. And we're just so blind. That's why the Bible says the vilam, the veil was over our eyes. And until you see him, see God for who he is, the supreme, awesome God, we will actually wake up. He was revealing himself to the Chinese way before they even knew about Hebrew people. Even if you read some of the old texts and songs from the Chinese people, they speak about the way the world was formed. And if you look at the writings, it's so much Genesis, so much Genesis in it. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? This word is the word create. This word was the original ancient word from the text for the Chinese. This word is broken up into one, two, three. Three words. Check this out before you wreck something. I want to get this right. This part here. Can you see it? All right. That part there means before they saw Genesis, before they even knew Genesis existed, this part here means to speak. This part here, to the dust. 
part here, oh, sorry, this part here means, so life, and this part here means to move. So God spoke into the dust so he can have life, so we can move. Ancient texts and ancient Chinese reveals the beauty and the wonder of an awesome God. For them, they had one name, Shangdi. For us, it's God Almighty. We understand the fullness of God is in Jesus. That's why we honor Jesus. Hebrews couldn't even speak his name, Yahweh, because I felt unworthy. But amazing, eh? A people on the other side understand that they were created because God spoke into dust and brought life and it started to move. Here's another one. Are we enjoying our Chinese lesson this morning? If you're listening to this on podcast, uh, get to church because we don't have the flash thing to show you the pictures. This is crazy, okay? I'm saying this because you've got to be excited about this. Because this awesome God that is not just your redeemer, not just your healer, because those are all cool things, okay? And we're going to talk about how the way of the cross is important, okay, for us because it brings us back into relationship with God. But this is amazing in terms of the text, how God was already speaking into different civilizations. And some of these civilizations, ancient texts, were recording the actual creation story. The word they use for the word they use for desire. I gotta do this. Sorry, man. I've got to work on my Chinese now. I just learned it three days ago. I'll get in there. And the next my Chinese friends will go, okay, what did you just write there? Okay. That there is the word temptation or desire or greed, want. Ancient texts, before they read the book of Genesis, they knew anything about it. What does it mean? Two trees in the garden. Greed and temptation came through a woman. Eve. God said, do not eat of the fruit of the knowledge of tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the other tree was a tree of life. Crazy. <laughs> and the crazy thing is that today, those are the same words they use. Because if you look at Chinese writing, it's formulated out of a picture. And so they designed it into word form. And that's the current name, actual words we use today. Who's getting their mind blowing this morning? So God's always speaking to a generation, to a people. In our own current situation, Hongi is a powerful statement of intimacy, of connection. Where does it come from? Breath of life, breathing to breath of life. Hongi. Somewhere along the line, lots of what we do today come from the Genesis story. There was a prophecy, and Cindy wrote a song. Ko te ingoa, tafito, tama, iroro, 
And now you will call a son who was raised to life. There was a prophecy of the land that a son who was raised to life will bring redemption to a nation. Here we go. It's pretty, pretty cool, eh? Okay, so here we go. To, let's go into the notes now. That's just bonus. That's just extra. We learned some Chinese this morning. I want to I challenge you and ask you to go and study for yourself. Because honestly, you're going, wow. And you're probably thinking, oh, I really don't need to know Chinese. I'm going to heaven, so it's all good. It's all good. Actually, it's really selfish. You know, it's that. Redemption becomes about you. But actually, redemption needs to be about a whole people coming to the creator. Creation coming back to the creator. So God existed. I'm going to go into some of these notes, and I want you to take the notes home um, and study for yourself. So God existed. God's purpose was to create, um, if you see the top of your um, picture or your notes, it talks about God, the throne, um, heaven, angels, the world, humanity. Cool. So we were down the line in terms of creation. And people were going, man, but if God was so sovereign and so awesome, why did he create us to be like that? Why didn't he just tell us what to do? Because for a long time, in, in the span of time, God had created angels. There was a civilization that existed pre-humans. The angels, the sheriffin, the teraphim, all these amazing creatures were formed, but they were formed to honor God. But God wanted to actually have a relationship with his creation. He couldn't do that with the angels. And so what he did was actually create us, humans, to have a relationship. And who knows as a father or a mother, a parent, all you want is that your kids will respond back in love. That's all you want from them. And you give them that choice. Because you can't demand love out of your kids. You can, but that's wrong. And then you, what you do is actually you create an, a rebel or a robot. That's what happens in parenting. If you demand that out of your kids. And so God, in his awesome nature, decided to give us choice. I've created you, I've breathed into you life, and I want you to choose to walk with me. That's your decision. And then what took place? Obviously the fall. When, so if you go to your, the bottom of your page, it goes to God's original intention. So God's intention, intention was always to be like that. That we actually, it goes creation, choice, son's life, full of life and uh, God's inheritance. Our inheritance is Christ to be with God for all eternity in, in relationship with Him. Because already God, before time was, He was create. He was actually, He wasn't created. He was as He was in relationship with Himself. But then He wanted to carry that on with us. And so His intention was, I'm going to create these amazing creatures. I'm going to create them. Adam, I'm going to create you, breathe life into you. And from Eve, I'm going to create you. And then you're going to walk with me. And I love the part in Genesis when they're walking together in the cool of the evening. There's this whole thing of God just walking with us, having that relationship. And then what takes place is around here is the whole thing of Satan comes in, deceives us, manipulates us, relates with Eve, and then the fall happens.
And so, for all eternity, God creates these amazing creatures in time called humans. And all he wants is relationship with them. He wants them to love him back. And they have this whole thing of living together for eternity. Restored relationship forever. But then, because of the fall, sin comes in. I like to call it self-indulging nature. Sin. Our self-indulging nature. It's all about us. That's what sin does. Sin happens when it's all about us. When we want something. Then God spends his time trying to communicate with humanity. Hey, guys, I'm here. I'm hello. Hello. It's like trying to call my kids to do dishes. Hello. Hello. And then there's a selective hearing. We've all got selective hearing. Even us as human beings, humankind, have selective hearing. We want to choose what we want to hear. And then God says, okay, for a people who are one of the most persecuted people on the planet, the Jewish people, throughout history. Not just now, but throughout history. Oh, but they're living a, a great life in Israel and all that stuff. But if you look at their history, they've been the most persecuted of people. It's crazy. And you wonder why they get picked on. Because the enemy knows, man, if you can target them, God's people. But I, was, I think God's already, you know, I don't want to get into some of that eschatology stuff like that. But, um, Amazing thing is that God wants to do is actually, because that was the intentional, he actually sent his son. And we understand that in that picture right there, the only way he can restore relationship with us is through his son, Jesus. And so what is God's ultimate intention for us? God's ultimate intention is this. I know I'm getting passionate because I'm starting to sweat. But, oh, man, I just want to encourage and empower you that you can go home and understand what God is really trying to do. So when you understand the, the work of the cross. So this is the work of cross. Redemption. God's restoring this because he wants to restore relationship back to us. God's ultimate intention is to see us spend time with him for all eternity. Okay? That's clear. And so because of that brokenness of sin, self-indulging nature of ourselves, that was the fall. So God in his awesomeness said, I want them back. I will send Jesus. I'll go. Let me go. He sends his son, Jesus. And he dies on the cross for us. And he brings us back into righteousness through himself with the Father. And we start this journey. So we understand this is the work of the cross, the power of redemption, the power of what took place on the cross. And also Chinese texts, there's a, there's a nice word that they use for sacrifice, and it's uh, the word when blood is spilt on an altar, if you break up things. And then what God does is this, and then if you understand the word justification, the word justification comes out of that. So God, the Father, sees us righteous because of the Son. It's not our own doing. God's already done it all. Jesus. That's why it's so important. Jesus. You focus on Him alone. Jesus. And He becomes your righteousness before the Father. You're clothed in Jesus. So when you stand before Him, you see His Son all over you. And then what happens is that to be more like His Son, because the thing is this, because we are in the world that's fallen, 
we get tainted by this world. Who's got an iPhone or who's got a, a smartphone? Hands up. There's a button on there called the uh, reset, to, um, reset to Factory Settings. Who's got that function? It's a button, the button I've only pushed once, and what it did was take everything back. It took all my apps off, <laughs> and I knew I wouldn't do that again. <laughs> I thought it was like a reset to start again, but it's reset to actually go back to the original way it was when it came out of the box. Don't do that, okay? <laughs> so reset to original desire or function, okay? Back to factory settings, okay? Reset to factory settings. What God the Father is trying to do through His Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit is restore us back to original factory settings. Because we're tainted by this world. And so what He's trying to do in the process of use it as sanctification is actually what the Holy Spirit, and we spoke about this last time, that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God wants us back into relationship. So they're all working together to bring us back. God the Father sends a Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us, brings us into redemption, to a place where we go, God, you're awesome. Thank you for Jesus for dying on the cross for me. That he died and he rose again. Remember, it's not just a pre proud Sunday. It's a declaration of faith. So I believe, God, that you sent your son. Okay? Once you understand that, it's like pushing that reset button. Reset. And then what happens with my phone is that it went off. And then it came back on. And then in that process, this is the important journey. This is the journey one right now. Every single individual is that in that process, new apps need to be added. New things need to be changed. Why? Because he's trying to line you up back to his original intention. That's why it's important to submit yourself in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Because he's trying to add new things into your life, new applications that will help you come back into a place where you're ready to be received by the Father. I don't want to. I want to do my own thing. No, God, I don't. So that's why the Holy Spirit works with us and partnership with us. And we say, God, I surrender to you. I want to be obedient to God. That's why it's so important in, in Christian life, why it's so important, the words obedience and sacrifice, because they understand the value that's put behind it, that God wants us to surrender. Because he knows that we've applied applications in our life previously that don't work. So he's going to actually reset us and bring us back into a place where we're walking this narrow road with the Holy Spirit in line with him, in line with his word. And we'll be going, oh, how do you, how do you know that God's speaking to us now? Well, he gives us the word of God. That's why it's important to align yourself with the Word and align yourself with the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible says in Galatians to be in step with the Holy Spirit. Because our carnal nature, our nature is very carnal. It's very me, myself, and I. We want to go back to our previous functions. But God's going, no, no, I want to push you towards here because I want you to walk in the life of the Spirit of God so you can be aligned with His original, ultimate intention. What is his ultimate intention? To restore relationship with his creation.
and the creator. That's what he's trying to do. And now we're living in this place right now where God's doing that now. He's actually working on your life. He's working on Vernon. He's working on Jeff. How does he do that? Well, he does that through people. He does that through circumstances. When people rub you the wrong way, that's the Holy Spirit working. Oh, I think you need to. <laughs> we go, no, they offended me. No, that's God saying, you need to chill out. Get rid of your pride. Because pride has been around in eternity itself. Remember, Lucifer struggled with pride. He's a fallen angel. So if it can happen to him, obviously Lucifer now we know is Satan. It's important to understand that it's important that God's trying to do this to us. Why? Because we know he knows that we are so self-aware of, and we're actually aware of ourselves and aware of me, myself, and I. And so everything we do is about us. But at the end of the day, God goes, no, no, everything's not about you. Everything is about him. It's for his glory because he's restoring relationship back to him. And if we can remove ourselves from that sinful nature and actually align ourselves with God, what we'll start to do is actually start to live a life out that is led by the Holy Spirit, ordered by God the Father, and in line with what has happened on the cross, the story of redemption. That's what God's trying to do with us and through us and in us. And this is, this is full on, and I know that we've got no time left, but I want you to go home and do this study for yourself, okay? You've got the notes yourself, but also I want you to explore it for yourself because if we can have a revelation of this, you will live your life totally different. That means if you understand this in the context of what we're trying to say this morning, that means church is not about you. Because 75% of people in America think church is about them. Church is not about you. It's about coming together so you can be fashioned together by the Holy Spirit to be more like Christ. Because on the judgment day before Christ, he will see Christ, not you. But a lot of people go, no, I'm right. I'm sort of all good. But God said, no, no, be close, be like my son. Because that's what I'm trying to do by the power of the Holy Spirit. So you can be back to your reset settings, factory settings, so you can actually start putting some new applications which is church, which is a new application. But I think people go, oh, church, I don't need to do church. Actually, you need to do church because you are church, but church together. And I know I've spoken to so many of my mates who said, I don't need church. Church is something I do on Sunday. It's just a ritual, a ritual thing. I don't need to do it. Actually, when you're by yourself out there, it's hard. That's why he created family to do life with. That's why it's so important. Throughout creation, he illustrates this. That's why we took the, the kawao um, whakatauki, of the manu. It can't survive by itself. God's already saying all the stuff throughout creation. It speaks of the splendor. But it's important for us to understand the importance of God restoring a relationship back with him, the creator. And that's what he's trying to do with us. Why? Because he wants to spend all eternity with us. Pretty awesome, eh? God is awesome. And so what will we do? As Christians, we're going, oh, but I'm saved now. That's all good. I can just let God do the application thing and just change my life. All good. But it actually, again, it's very selfish because God wants all his creation to know him. 
And so when we actually come into a place where we go, I'm all right, God's redeemed me, I'm saved by the blood of the Lamb, we use all this jargon, holy hands, all that stuff. But then we become selfish because there's a generation, there's a world out there waiting for you to take a restored relationship, a view of a restored relationship out there. That's why the point of contact for that restored relationship is the name and the person of Jesus. That's why when you're in your workplace, that's why when you're in your family meetings, that's why when you're out there, whatever you're doing, playing touch, whatever you're doing out there in life, when you're at the family hui, whatever you're doing, we are actually showing a picture of a restored relationship with our Creator. And we want everyone to be part of that. Because before the Chinese people knew about the Hebrew text, God was trying to push through. And trust me, if you look through your own cultural lenses, and you'll find stories that actually are symbolic of what God was trying to do. It's absolutely crazy that God was trying to communicate with us. But in terms of that, it's not crazy because that's how much he loves us. So this morning, hope this was helpful. I know there's so much to take in. But I want you to go home and study for yourself, okay? Cool. Let's pray. Let's all stand to our feet. There's heaps of stuff to take in. But uh, my prayer is that you go home and study for yourself. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that uh, you just want to reset our factory settings, that you want to bring us back into relationship with you through your son, Jesus. And this morning, we just want to thank you that even throughout different civilizations and different languages and different cultures, you were still trying to connect with us. And God, still today, you're still trying to connect with us. And I pray, Lord God, that, uh, Lord God, that you, you would actually speak to us this week. And help us be able to deliver your message of redemption, of reconciliation to this world. In some way or form, Lord God. And maybe a, a talk, and maybe a prayer, and maybe just a sitting down with a friend and comforting him. And I pray, Lord God, we're able to do that as church, Lord God. Father, I thank you that you are so generous with your love. And, yeah, thank you for just not giving up on us. Because we're so selfish. But yet you loved us so much because you want to restore that relationship that you planned before time was. And we want to honor you today and give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.